Welcome to Hindsight. I'm Corey Carter. And I'm Ron Poole. this podcast, we've hacked hundreds of entrepreneurs' hindsight to help you, the listener, with better foresight. Now, guys, if you want to know all about what we can do to help you focus on being you, head over to GetHHM.com. Keep pushing through those ups and downs that we all will have. We're still going to have amazing conversations with amazing people. Hindsight hacking boils down to amazing conversations with some amazing people. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Hindsight Hacking. And today we've got the one, the only Mr. Jamie J. So if you don't know, Jamie is shareholder of Bottleneck Distant Assistance, founded in 2016. And it's an outsourcing agency that assists leaders in cultivating and identifying remote-based dedicated distant assistance. After a 12-year career in corporate America, Jay studied business administration and management at the Florida Institute of Technology, ventured out on his own as an entrepreneur in 2006. He's a past veteran army paratrooper, which we got to talk a little bit about as well, and received the Army Achievement Medal for Meritorious Service. Jay likes networking with big picture thinkers and proudly proclaims he is happily unemployable. I added the happily in there, but I know we've, we get to talk about that on the show a little bit. So at the end of the day, we're going to have a fun show. And Jamie, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Corey, Ron, thank you so much for having me. I'm super stoked to <laughs> chat with you guys. And I, I have to admit, I love the name of this show. It's freaking fantastic. Thanks, man. <laughs> no, we're, we're excited to have you. And I can't wait to like dive into... like. I know we talked a little bit before the show started, so I can't wait to get back into that conversation. But before we do, why don't you tell everybody a little bit more about Jamie? Well, thank you so much again. Uh, a little bit about me. I was homeless after I got out of the army. I was also homeless twice as a youngster. My dad was a bit of a, an adventurer and a gambler. Not gambler in the sense of gambling, but he gambled with his career a bit. And so uh, we found ourselves twice homeless. And then uh, when I got out of the army, the day I got out and came back, my wife asked for a divorce and said I, I couldn't stay with her or her family. That was the plan until you know I was going to go to work for her stepdad. Well, I had nowhere to go. So there I was with my army rucksack walking around Southern California. So it was, uh, yeah, it was uh, a little interesting. Fast forward, worked in corporate America for 12 years, figured 11 years, tried to figure out how to get out of it. Learned a lesson about not burning bridges. So my first client when I got out was the last company I worked for. I always share that with people because I think it's really important not to burn your bridges, if at all possible. I know sometimes you just got to, you know, sometimes it just happens and it's kind of out of your control. And then, you know, I started trying to figuring out this crazy life of being an entrepreneur. And now, you know, 15 years later, I'm proud to say that I am unemployable. <laughs> Love that, Jamie. All right. So I, I want to dig right in because your company, Bottleneck Distant Assistance, you were you were talking to us a little bit earlier and it was too good to to not share, but you're you're creating your own category. And you know, I, I just would love to hear kind of how that came to be and and what makes you what makes it different. Corey, thanks so much for asking that question. This is uh, near and dear to my heart. This is a big deal for me right now, a big deal for all of us here at Bottleneck. And one of the challenges, I don't know if you guys know, but there was a 
there was a big pandemic. What? Called COVID. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if you heard of it, but it devastated our company. We lost about 60% of our business and we had to figure out what to do. I am very proud. We never missed payroll. We continued moving through, but I mean, it was tough. And I can imagine it was probably tough for a lot of people. However, we decided to jump in the trenches, put our heads down and figure out what we could do to get through this thing. And it kind of worked out to be a blessing, this the COVID thing, because there was a lockdown and people were kind of forced to come up with work from home policies or go work from home because they couldn't get into the office. And what do you think people experienced being sent home? They had no idea what to do because there was no boundaries and they can like stay in their jammies all day. Exactly. <laughs> they had no idea what to do. But then they kind of figured it out and they started saying, you know what? I can kind of do this through communication. Now, I know the future of work, in my opinion, is a hybrid. You know, some people are going to be going into the office. Some people go into the office part of the week. Some people are going to continue working from home. And there's tons of studies out there now with, with the, all the data that we've collected, we meaning the world, right, <laughs> right, right. all the data we've collected, figuring out, you know, how to be productive at home. So we had to sit down. I've been doing this remote-based a distant assistant thing. It Well, before that was virtual assistant, and I'll touch on that if that's okay. But I've been doing this since 2006. So this was no new thing to us. We have been practicing this for 15 years. But a lot of people had a problem with hiring somebody remotely before this pandemic. And they thought, well, how am I going to know that somebody's doing something if they're not here in the office? Or, you know, and these are all the wrong ways to think, by the way, because you shouldn't, you know, everything that we're doing. I think helps increase company's culture because you're not micromanaging, you're trusting more, you're getting into systems and processes, which is what it's all about. And it was just a challenge. So one of the things that we figured out was, okay, we're, we're working in this virtual assistant world, virtual assistants. And if you Google that, you'll see maybe some results in AI, artificial intelligence or bots or on occasion, yes, virtual assistants can be associated with human beings. But I feel it's more of a transactional-based relationship, meaning that you're going to hire virtual and you're going to ask them to complete a project or a task or something like that in exchange for money. And through most likely several iterations to complete this task and get it done up to your level of expectations, whatever that may be, you basically have a transactional relationship with this person. And that's really hard to get stuff done. And we thought, man, how can we categorically redefine or reimagine the virtual assistant world? And Christopher Lockhead, the author of Play Bigger, amazing friend of mine, said, distant assistants. We came up with social distancing, distant assistants. He goes, Jamie, you've been, you've been social distancing before social distancing was a thing. And I said, yeah, 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 that's great. And I thought distant assistant kind of rhymes. I'm like, okay, I could probably get behind this. And the reason that we wanted to come up with a new name is because now we're going to redefine working with a human being or a distributed workforce from a remote location. A distant assistant now becomes an intimate-based relationship. So our distant assistants learn your tone, your voice, uh, your brand, your vision, your mission. So if you were to send out an email or your assistants to send out an email, you would be hard pressed to differentiate whether that email came from you or your assistant because of that intimate-based relationship. So we're really focused on that. And that's the difference between a distant assistant and a virtual assistant because a distant assistant you're gonna have with you for the long haul. The average, the longest person has been with me is eight years. I have two people that are over six years. My assistant's been with me for three years. In the virtual assistant world, the human virtual assistant world, there's on average a 38% turnover 
for us, we maintain less than a 5%. A big difference. That is awesome. Like I, I loved the part where you're talking about understanding your voice, understanding your brand. You know, that's something we try to do for clients where it's like, hey, you know, we do a lot of micro content for people. And it's like, we want to make sure when people look at their stuff, it's their brand, it's on point, it's them. And it doesn't look like Ron and Corey did it. You know what I mean? So I, I really appreciated that. I know you reimagined it. And we talked a little bit about COVID before, but how is your team like rallying around this new new direction or this, this more central direction that you have? Ooh, so that's a great question. They are my, I don't know what I would do without them. I almost want to say family. Uh, th- that's how close we are. Our culture is absolutely amazing. And and I'm saying this knowing that if anybody else on my team was sitting right here, they would say the same thing. Every single week we have a team meeting, a company meeting, and every single week a different team member on our team leads that meeting. And then they do a training specific to their role and their responsibilities or not. We had one person do a training on how to get the paint done well in the corners of their room, you know, because they painted their house that way. It doesn't matter. It's all about establishing their voice and the confidence for them to make their own decisions, which is powerful. So they all make their own decisions as far as, is it good for the company? Is it good for the team? And is it good for the client? Because the company's not doing good financially or culturally, which is probably more important, which is more important. It's I'll be hard pressed to have the team be motivated. Maybe they're missing payroll or maybe they feel that their voice isn't heard. Or if they come up with an idea and I tell them to shut up, they're not going to feel comfortable coming up with ideas and voicing their concerns. And if they are in that state, how in the world can I expect them to take care of our clients? And they all, every January, they do their own job role and responsibilities. They write exactly what they really like to do. And we found that's been really fun. And a lot of people are scared to do that because I'm hiring you for a role. I need you to do this. Oh, what if they're really good at something else and you don't even know it? Why not embrace that and have them fulfill that role in your company, in your agency, in your business, whatever it is, and just see how wonderful they enjoy this work and how well they do at it. Heck, we change roles. We pivot a little bit every January. And if they you know, no longer want to do this and they really want to do this, Okay, let's figure out how we're going to cover what it was that you were doing, transition out of that, and man, have fun. <laughs> so I think that's a big, big difference. Love that. I love that culture is like top of mind. And, you know, it's it's really funny. Ron and I being in the corporate world prior to this as well, that was always a big deal. But it took us a little bit to figure it out when it came to our which is virtual assistants, but distant assistant, right? Like it came to, it took us a little bit to find the the person and then to develop that culture and to not have it be transactional. And now we've been blessed. Like it's been, I mean, it's, I'd say it's been a good six months plus where nobody's left that we've, we've brought on and, uh, and it's pretty exciting to have that team. But what is your process when it comes to finding the right people because like you said it's some people weren't used to it and and had trouble finding uh good people when it came to their you know going virtual going remote right so this is the golden question this is the question that everybody wants to find in the united states it costs four thousand one hundred twenty nine dollars to hire somebody you can google that and find it all over do you have any idea how much it costs to fire somebody uh twice that much nine months salary, up yeah. to nine months yeah. salary. Yeah, it's crazy. not inexpensive mm-hmm. <laughs> to hire somebody. It's actually the other way. 
And then the other thing is when you first hire somebody, you're going to almost double your workload. It's mm-hmm. tough to hire somebody. So with that in mind, knowing how to what to expect uh, when you bring somebody on, because when you bring somebody on, they're way down here. You're up here because you've been working there. You know what's going on. They have to not... Even no matter what kind of expert they are in whatever field, or they're really good, or they've got a ton of experience, they have to learn what you expect and how you use a certain software because you can have the same software that they're trained on or certified on, but guess what? You may want them to use it in a different way. So they have to learn what you do. So that first 90 days, just know you're going to be spending a lot of time trying to get them up to your level. But what the cool thing is, once you do get them up to your level, you now gain the confidence saying, okay, they got this stuff down. You know what? I might be able to delegate them a little bit more responsibility. But to get to that point, to answer your question, long story longer, (laughs) it's all based on trust, this kind of hiring thing. How in the heck can you trust somebody in the very beginning? You, You hardly know them. Trust comes through confidence. And so if you have an onboarding process where you have to have somebody jump through some hoops you're looking for them to pay attention to detail. So we have a pretty thorough vetting process that we go through where only 23% of our candidates actually pass the application process. We have a little tiny section on one of our on on one of the applications and it's real small. It says, "Hey, tell us a joke at the end of your video. Tell us the joke at the end of your video." Some people tell us a joke in the beginning, some people don't tell us a joke. That's what we call a red flag and we yeah. simply don't hire because of that. They may be the nicest people in the world, but they missed it. And what our clients are looking for is, is details because a lot of our clients want to delegate the mundane details of their work so they can focus on doing their best work, right? Mm-hmm. Stop doing the wrong things. So you can focus on doing your best work. That's our provocative point of view. And we try to instill that from the, from the very beginning. We do reference checks. We do background checks. They go through three different interviews with three different people before they're ever brought on board. Now, I realize not all companies have an infrastructure set up like this, but it's really important to have them go through some tests, do some tasks, see how they complete that, have conversations with them and see how they interact with you. The thing that I like is I don't care if you have any experience or tons of experience. It's all about the personality and even probably more importantly, the character of this person, Mm. because you cannot teach or train personality or character, you can train systems, processes, software, all of that. And my assistant, oh my gosh, I don't know what I would do if Raina left, but she was a nurse before she came to work for me. She didn't have the experience as an executive assistant, but she is killing it. And I love her personality. And she wasn't my first choice, by the way. I hired somebody else two weeks before who had tons of experience because Raina did. And I called Raina and I said, please, please, please come to work. Please come. <laughs> can, can you please come to work? And she did. And it's, it's just been magical. No, that's that's so true. I mean, we, we put this into our business, but, you know, Corey and I both, you know, when we were in the corporate world, hired for personality, you know, it, I, I could teach anybody how to do what I needed them to do. But if I didn't, enjoy their company or think that they can like be a good team member. Like it didn't matter if they knew how to do the job. So I I love that you said that. I'm going to, I'm going to totally switch it up for a second. And for people that are not watching the video on YouTube, not sure why, but we're going to talk about a couple things because I've never seen a, like, I think you're just a big hockey fan. We're just going to talk about this for a second because (laughs) you have a Blackhawk shirt on, you're drinking out of a blue shirt. You got blue stuff in the background and I'm per, I'm not sure who's on your hat. 
But Washington Capitals. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> you have multiple teams going on. So tell us about that. I know it's it's super random, but I have yeah. to ask. I have to ask. So yes, I am now entered into my 46th year of playing hockey. I met my wife playing hockey at the local rink. Today is Hockey Friday. So we're going to be, after we done recording here, we, we head off to the rink and we play hockey together every Friday. Nice. Uh, so we absolutely have fun. I grew up in Alaska. There's not much else you can do in Alaska right, right. Um, other than play hockey. And I'm just a huge fan. Now I'm a big Washington Capitals fan. This is a Winter Classic shirt that I'm wearing. Washington Capitals versus the, the Chicago Blackhawks. Washington won. Good deal. Washington won in uh, the Stanley Cup in 2018. And the wonderful St. Louis Blues, my second favorite team, won in 2019. So I've had a couple great back-to-back years there. It's uh, been fantastic. I, I love it so much. I'm affiliate. I've, I've skated usually once a year. We skate in a big tournament with the St. Louis Blues alumni and we help raise a lot of money for charity. And so I was the liaison when the St. Louis Blues won the cup in 2019. I was the liaison to bring it to Springfield, Missouri. So I got to spend my day with the Stanley Cup and some former players of the, of the St. Louis Blues. And we went around and shared the cup at, at, you know, Bass Pro is here in Springfield. And we went around to the different bars and stuff, bringing the cup. And it was one of the funnest days that I, and I got the city awarded me with St. Louis Blues Day, bringing the cup. And they gave me this, I forget what you call it. I've got it somewhere here, but this, it was a nice official thing for like, you know, St. Proclamation. They gifted me with a professional proclamation. For, for St. Louis Blues Day, which is now an official day here in Springfield. So it's a blast. We get this, we have the limited edition wine bottles back here for the blues and stuff. We just, uh, to say I'm not a fan, yeah, <laughs> I really, really, really enjoy it. So did you touch the cup? I guess that's the question. Absolutely. I've, I have proof. <laughs> I touched the cup. You're not supposed to raise the cup unless, unless you, you were on the team. Right, 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 right. I know this. My wife didn't know this. Oh, no. Uh oh. She raised the cup. No, she did not. Oh, yeah. 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 There's no, no, that's like 45 years of of bad luck right there. There's, there's no proof of that. There's no blackmail happening because there's no pictures of her going, ah. There may be a picture, but it's, it's not public. (laughs) (laughs) But it was, it was, oh, yeah. Not only incredible. I mean, it was so cool seeing all the kids get to see it. I think it was 6,000 people came to Bass Pro. It, I mean, there was lines. If, if you've ever been to Springfield's main Bass Pro where it started, it's huge facility. And it was just, there was just people wrapped around. And it was, it was unbelievable. That's cool. Wow. What a, what a neat experience. That is so fun. All right. Well, let's, let's get back on topic, Mr. Ron. <laughs> I know you have a show and so tell us a little bit about uh, stop the bottleneck in your business. And is it just, is it just a video show? Is it a, you know, more like a traditional podcast? You know what? I think you and Sarah both are, are the co-hosts of that one. So, but yeah, tell us a little bit about that show and you know, maybe we'll, we'll get into that one. Yeah. If you guys ever want to be a guest, please come on. I love it. So it's, it's a live stream. So I, we just counted not too long ago. I've been podcasting for almost eight years and we found out I did over 850 episodes. It was amazing. Wow. And you think back and you're like, holy cow, that's a lot of freaking episodes. So I used to do podcasts and you guys know from podcasting post production is killer. 
time consuming. Right, right. And I'm all about systems and processes. So I would delegate that. But still, it's, you know, you talk to somebody and say, okay, your, your podcast will be out, you know, maybe next month or, or maybe two months because, you know, we're a little bit backlogged here, or maybe because you batch, you do eight shows in a day and then it takes a while to, and I was, oh man, it was really time consuming. And, you know, a lot of my guests would come on and say, when's the show coming out? When's the show coming out? I want to do this thing. I want to do this thing. Or I have a special event. I, you know, can I get this to come out on this day and all of that right. kind of stuff? And it got pretty time consuming. So I, I kind of shifted over to live streaming. Absolutely freaking love it because everything was produced and it's done. Like, you know, it's just done. Yeah. And so we've been doing that uh, every Tuesday and, and Thursday. As the time of this recording, we have a show at 2 p.m. live stream on LinkedIn Live, YouTube, and Facebook Live or Facebook, whatever you call it. And then uh, we write an article for that, you know, the show notes, and then we share that stuff out and I'll send it out in the newsletter and all that, which is a lot of fun. December 8th, we're going to move it to just Wednesdays. So I'm going to be doing only one show of the live with bottleneck where we help stop the bottleneck in your business. And then every Friday, like right after we're done here, my wife and I are going to jump on every Friday at 10 o'clock central. And we just chat about, we have a special edition of live with bottleneck called a week in review with Jamie and Sarah. And we talk about our business. What happened this, this week? What did we do wrong? What did we do right? How did we overcome those challenges? What we're doing next week? And then we give a couple of shout outs. So we're like, hey, we just want to give a special shout out to this person. They really helped me this week. Or sometimes we'll say, hey, shout out to this person. Sorry, we ran out of time for that. You know? And I get that from Christopher Locke. And we just like to have some fun. But it's just a special way for my wife and I to kind of chat about the business, have fun and, and give you know, other people ideas and insights into where we've made mistakes or where maybe we've done really well. And hopefully that can help them. Or someone can chime in and say, hey, have you thought about doing that? We kind of dig that stuff. It's fun. I love it. We we did we did live for uh, a long time where it was just super easy, streamlined. It's live, and it actually helped in our post production just because we just don't edit anything. It's like yeah. it is what it is. Like <laughs> that that's the end of it. But I'm going to continue down not talking about anything about the show. I'm going to talk about your background because it, it, it's pretty cool. Like I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it and you got a bunch of stuff on there. I got a bunch of stuff on there. It looks like you have a, you have some kind of truck back there. Like oh. talk to me about the psychology of why you put stuff in your background. Cause I know why the, I do it. The big rig, the big rig. He, he, uh, Pat Maroon. He, so his nickname is fatty Patty. And <laughs> like nobody thought he would ever make the show the NHL. He actually mm -hmm. ended up making it. And he has three Stanley Cup rings. Three <sighs> out of four years, he's gotten a Stanley Cup. The guy is just amazing. And he's such a nice guy. He's just, he's just a great guy. So I have all this stuff back here. My wife and stepdaughter made this on-air thing for me. And yeah. I just like having the stuff back there. It's kind of nice, maybe conversational and right, right. kind of show some things off, you know, you can see. What is, what is the two circle things? So this, my... And if you're not watching on YouTube, it's yeah. probably boring. So I apologize. It's a thermometer and a barometer. And what's really cool know. about this is, I guess you'd call him my stepfather. Stepfather? Father-in-law. No, there we go. Father-in-law. My wife's dad <laughs> okay. made this for us. And it's because we're into boats and stuff like that. Nice. It's pretty cool. He's a woodworker. So I just kind of put things back there to have fun with. And I can't wait because I got a big background that was designed by our team. And that's going up on the wall. So I ordered that. So that's coming in. Nice. I wish I had it for you all now, but it's exciting because it's going to kind of do, 
it kind of shows everything. I have my team up there, but it's all kind of cartoon characters. So I have the team up there and I have my wife and I play in hockey up there. And I have, you know, quit repeating yourself, the book up there to kind of bring all of it together in the background. So it should be fun. Love it. So funny. It It totally reminds me of of ron at one point i had like nothing in my background and ron's like you need to add this and you need to add that yeah, you gotta have so stuff totally give me direction on adding little pieces of i got little toys i got stuff yeah this is so funny so jamie i'm i'm gonna try to keep this conversation from being derailed because i know ron keeps taking us to left field <laughs> but, so i'm gonna i'm gonna bring it back bring it back hindsight hacking where our goal is to hack your hindsight to give our listeners clear foresight so i'm gonna ask you um, a little bit about that. And I want to relate it to you lost 60% of your business. You talked about play bigger and the, the impact that that made and basically creating your own category within the distant assistant world. How did you go not only from your getting back to zero after losing that business during this pandemic, how did you go to exceeding where you were? Like, what, what was that thing that you learned? And you're like, gosh, if I'd have done that, three months sooner, we would, who knows where we'd be now or two months sooner or six months or whatever it might be. What's that, what's that advice you can give everyone? Corey, thanks for the question. This, this actually, yeah. Hindsight, right? Holy cow. If I could have, if I, I had to go through what I went through to get where I was and get where I am now, you know, thankfully I was homeless. I still say that to this day. Thankfully I was homeless because that made me who I am today. And it gives me a different perspective that many people may not see, but we all experience challenges in our life. Just like I experienced with, maybe you've never been homeless, but there was a time in your life that you were challenged that you thought, man, this is the toughest thing. You know, I lost my mom last March. That was extremely hard. All of this stuff started coming up. And if I had hindsight 2020, the biggest thing that I did was documenting, doing something as if it's the last time I was ever going to do it. That's the biggest thing. Delegation roadmap. You got to create a delegation roadmap because even if you're not planning on hiring, you don't have a team, it doesn't matter. The second you start documenting the systems in your business, anything that you do that's repeatable should be documented. Start building the workflow library. Start getting ready to hire. The very first day you start your gig. If you're an entrepreneur and it's just you, it doesn't matter. Start preparing yourself to hire. And that way, when and if that time does come and you do want to hire somebody, you can basically take what's in your head. You don't have to guess on whether or not something's going to be able to do the tasks up to your level of expectation. You're going to know because you've documented everything that you do in the way that you do it, whether it's managing your calendar, checking your email, doing your bookkeeping, whatever it is, accessing your onboarding in your CRM, doesn't matter. Take the time to document that stuff because it takes a long time. It's taken us nine months. We're launching. As the time of this recording, it's you know almost Halloween here. It's 2021. We're getting ready to move into November. Monday, November 15th, we're rolling out this new program. We've been working on this thing for nine months. Nine months of documenting processes, automation. It's not easy, but I tell you what, I'm so happy that we went down this road. And if hindsight, looking back, I had done this years before, guess what? We wouldn't have been in the position and lost all that business, even though it was some of it wasn't our fault. We had companies close. Right. They couldn't do it. Right. However, we could have found a way around that. Thankfully, not thankfully, that happened. Right. We look at the, the silver linings there. And what did we learn out of that? 
And how are we going to be able to fix ourselves? So while I say we're not recession proof, we're recession ready. Oh man. Documenting and creating that delegation roadmap, that like genius right there. That is probably after over 200 plus episodes of the show, that's probably in the like top two of my favorite responses to that question. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wrote it. Holy cow. Fantastic. (laughs) It's huge. It's huge. Oh my gosh. So we talked a little bit about, you teased November 15th. I'm sure people are like clamoring that they want to be involved with, with that launch. How can they get involved? How can they get around what you're doing and how can they be a part of that? Well, thank you. More about us by going to bottleneck.online. That's our website. But a lot of the stuff that we're talking about here that we're rolling out is how people... And it's all free, by the way. You can go and learn how to effectively hire somebody, prepare how to hire somebody, get all all the templates that I talk about. We have templates for, and believe it or not, systems and processes for everything. Right, right. All of that's free. So if you're thinking about hiring somebody, if you want to do something like that, reach out to us. I'm, I'm happy to share the onboarding strategies, the links, the templates, all of that. This is a lot of work, nine months worth of work. And what's nice about it too, is we're rolling it out on the side of our DAs, our distant assistants. So they're actually being certified. They come to us as a virtual assistant. We certify them as a distant assistant and they're learning everything that we're teaching our clients so that when they get together, you know, they're ready to manage their email and calendar and all that kind of stuff. We, we, have, we have email and calendar cheat sheets. So if you guys want to learn how to do that, guess what? Here's a cheat sheet for you. Oh, it's just so awesome. To get organized like that. But yeah, that's all of that stuff is free. Wow. That's wow. that is so good. Yes, we'll definitely have that in the show notes for everybody to hit the link and head on over. But Jamie, I've got one one final question for you today. Culture is a big thing for you. Personality. I mean, I know that we've talked about that for all of us, but if just one last final piece of advice for for you and to, to speaking to the entrepreneurs, when you go hire somebody do X, let them do X. What's, what's that last piece of, of advice that you want to give there? Ask this question. This is my favorite question. So when you're talking to somebody, this is going to help you with character and personality. And also, I'll, I'll tell you the two things. Ask this question. What do you want to do after you stop working here? Mm. It's a powerful question. Mm. Number one, you're gonna, they're going to be like, wait, what? <laughs> no, right. I really want to work here. No, 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 no. What do you really want to do? Because number one, it's going to tell you what they're truly passionate about. Right. And you might be able to help them get there. Number two, if you don't have a role designed about what their true passion is, maybe you can design a role so that they'll stay with you longer. That's a really powerful question when you're hiring. I love that. I love that. I love that. All right. So one, super grateful you spent time with us today. We're thankful that we got this in the books. And you'll be seeing us for sure in on November 15th, because it's it sounds like that ton of value. And we will make sure everyone knows and hears about it and is ready to go. So why don't you tell everybody one last time the website to go to? So you can go to bottleneck.online and thank you again. And I just wrote a new book called Quit Repeating Yourself how today's leaders are using systems and processes to build their business the right way. And so you can go learn more by going to quitrepeatingyourself.com. And you guys, I'm going to be sending you out a t-shirt because you'll be on my official world book tour launch. Awesome. Uh, it'll be, a, it'll be fun. We'll wear, it. Awesome. we'll wear it all day long. All right, Jamie, definitely a pleasure, a blast. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. And I can't wait to, to see you next month, see your launch 
And, you know, hopefully, hopefully continue this relationship that we started because yes, it was a blast having you. And I'm so glad we were able to do this today. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Corey. You guys are awesome. I, I'm so glad you guys took a, took a chance and had me on. <laughs> Love it. It's, it's been a great conversation, man. Thank you so much. Oh man, Ron, that was a lot of fun. And I knew when, when I found Jamie online through Facebook Messenger, because that's how we find some random people, right. I knew it was going to be a lot of fun. And then your internet didn't work that first time. We were tried to have the conversation. And then we scheduled it for a time we never have inter- podcast interviews. Right. All of those things were stacked against, but it was still a lot of fun. Jamie is an awesome guest and we learned a lot of things. But first, let's talk about those, those takeaways. Oh, yeah. So number one, hire on personality. You cannot train personality. That That is something I've believed in for years and years and years. And I know you have too. So that's one. The other one that I freaking loved was document what you're doing. Document your SOPs before you need SOPs. So then you can just go, this is what I do. Like that was freaking brilliant. I was like, ah, I got to do that. Yeah. You and I both, we we hire somebody and we're like, all right, how do we get the information from here, right. from our right. head to, to there? Document, where document, 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 document. So, oh, that was, that was a good one. What, what else? Personality. Yes. Personality and document. Yeah. Well, I mean, his whole company, he talked a lot about character and culture. Oh yeah. I had personality. Culture. I wanted right? to talk culture. Yeah. Like it's so good. And, and you and I, and we, we had a rough time at first because we, we're all about culture in the corporate world. We were all about that personality. We're all about surrounding ourselves with people that we liked, but it was tough to really transition at first when you're talking about people that they're across the world, not, right. not, ne- not necessarily remote in another state of right. the US. Like they're across the world in a different country with different time zones. Yep. They're going to bed when we're going, getting up for breakfast, right? Like there's all these yep. different things that you and I took a minute to to figure out how is that same principles that we learned in the corporate world match within the virtual assistant world or a dedicated assistant, direct assistant, all of the stuff I can come up with. But Jamie has created his own category to separate a normal virtual assistant that is transactional to become true employees as if they were in the same room with you and become that family that culture that you can build, that culture that, you know, an Aaron Kennedy who created Noodles and Company built yep. people yep. in the room. He can, he's helping build that across the world with your remote employees. So I loved it. It was such a good conversation. Can't wait to do more with Jamie. And for now, everyone, thank you all for listening, watching, and uh, being part of our community. Did you know that Hindsight Hacking Media Agency, we do all things podcast from launch. If you're already doing 10,000 downloads in a week, we handle everything. All you have to do, record it and forget it. Guys, if you're launching a podcast, get with these guys. I could not honestly hit the charts without them. I'm not getting paid for this, but working with both of you, the professionalism and the system that you guys had to launch the podcast, you guys killed it. We want to help the impactors create an impact by just letting you be you and not worry about all this other crazy stuff. Connect with us. All the links will be in the show notes. See you next time. Go create an impact.